So tell me if you've heard this story before or seen this movie. Phoenix Suns go down. They fight back. They claw back. They get near a win. They get near overtaking the competition. And then it fizzles away. The lead goes away. The, the Phoenix Suns lose by double digits. And we're set. We're, we're, we're just left standing here with our dick in our hands. Being like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> just like last night, right? Wash, rinse, and repeat, Matthew. This um, same chite. This was actually this game. I thought we had a chance to win last night. I was like, eh, I don't see it. But this one, I was like, hey, we actually got this one. I think, but nope, same result, man. Suns still suck for now. <laughs> well, it, it's it's again frustrating to see because of the manner in which they lose. Right? There's some defensive lapses. There's some shooting themselves in their own foot. There's some passes on the interior that is like trying to throw a paper airplane at a cat. They're just not going to catch it. And you combine all that thing and you're left walking away. Just disappointed because these last three games for the Phoenix Suns have been against quality competition, the Sacramento Kings, the Golden State Warriors, the Milwaukee Bucks. And you can say KD, no KD, I don't give a shit. They didn't have Chris Middleton in this game. They, you know, their number two guy wasn't out yeah. there. So I don't want to hear, well, you know, when KD gets back, it doesn't matter in this game. Right now, what's important is stacking wins. With this loss, the Phoenix Suns are at, are now nine games out of first place. They're one game ahead of both the Warriors and the Clippers for fifth and sixth place. And they're two games from being in the play-in. Winning games matters. At the front end, at the back end, whenever, you got to go and win these games, man. And when they're right there, you have to find a way. You have to reach down and find the fucking way. And the Suns just aren't finding a way right now. Do you think that's in the back of their mind, though, where they just think, like, well, if KD comes back, this will be different? They are trying to win these games, uh, absolutely. But crunch time is just terrible in these situations without a KD. Like, they don't know where to go. They might go back to eight and they might go back to a book shot. Whatever it is, it looks nasty, and the, there's nothing mm -hmm. that they can currently do in the situation. But you know, just try to slow things down, get the right shot. But a lot of it is just, it's just a mess, you know, from the bench to the starting unit. Um, if they make one little mistake, they can't recover. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it's so delicate right now with every possession for the Suns without KD. It's very, very delicate. John, am I frozen? You frozen? Yeah, my internet I think sucks right okay. now. So, uh, I think, I think I've now I've lost connection to my camera. Is that what's going on? This is fantastic. Yeah, just 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 reminds it's me like of, sun, of tonight's man. game. All all, apart. In all honesty, in all honesty, it's exactly what it is. And yeah, they don't have an. You know, we've mentioned it before, but they don't have an identity. Identity, especially on defense, right now. That's the killer. Yeah, they might be. They they might be thinking that. They might sit there and go, yeah, you know, when, when KD comes back, we're going to be okay. And I bet you that's what Monty Williams is thinking. And instead of thinking about that, he should be thinking about what he can do to try to get his team to victory. Now, granted, you're going against Giannis. And I understand that. And you're, I, we knew coming into this game it wasn't going to be a win. I mean, I said that last night. They weren't going to win this game. But it's just disappointing to see them fall apart, that Devin Booker has to play the entire second half for them to simply have a shot. Because you can't rely on anybody else. Chris Paul's too old. DeAndre Ayton's too dumb. And you just can't. That is can't win games. the tagline of this year. Right there. Love it. Chris Paul's too old and DeAndre Ayton's too dumb. Yeah, you said it. <laughs> I don't know if I ever said the D word. But yes, yeah. he is. He's just dumb. <laughs> it's okay. Like He's a great guy, I'm sure. He's growing you know? up, right? Looks like, look like he's, he's a great eyes. father. But he's a dumb basketball player. I mean, we can all admit that. We all know it. You know, when you have to sit there and you have to scrape through hours of analytics trying to find the one statistic to make your argument about DeAndre Ayton, you're like, the guy's dumb. It's okay. Like, just call it what it is. Boneheaded. Boneheaded. Uh, Simple Jack is what I was saying on Twitter tonight. You know, he reminds me of Simple Jack. So, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into a lot of things. Again, it's, it's just frustrating. Again, a three-game losing streak is always frustrating especially at the most crucial time of the year. And that's what makes this challenging. So 
welcome to the welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, go. Make sure you give us a thumbs up, man. I didn't I didn't drop the ball. No one threw me the ball tonight. I would have caught it. You know, I was I would have been when I was hanging out in the paint all mm-hmm. by myself, and Devin Booker's getting hounded by Drew Holiday. I've been like, well, he's probably going to throw me the ball. And it, you know, <laughs> dumb. he wasn't ready though. And why? Here we go. We're flip flopping, dude. John oh, is flip flopping in front of your eyes. Yes, yes. <laughs> flip flop, and, and the, the thing is, is like I'll flip flop during this game. I'll flip. Oh yeah, a, I understand some of the. And we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So again, a reminder to everybody: subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, make sure you follow us on, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Suns Jam. Please you can do. follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter and read my writing at BrightSideOfTheSun.com. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. And if you are interested in joining our March Madness pool bracket thingy, there's a link in the description below. So, uh, does I'm that start tomorrow? Water tonight? Uh, technically, it starts tomorrow. Okay. That's when the, play, the the first two playing games, ASU plays t- uh, tomorrow. So, then everything, it, Thursday's the day. And I'm PTO and work Friday. So, I can literally just watch basketball all day. Oh, cool. And awesome, drink man. Guinness. And uh, I have water here, but I will have a Guinness on the next podcast. Uh, Matthew, what are you drinking? Uh, water. Nice. I don't know. Just lie to me. Just lie to me, please. I need to be lied to right now. Tell me it's going to be okay. Tell me it's going to be okay. Suns 116 to 104 is what the final score is. They are now 0-2 this season against the Milwaukee Bucks, 0-3 in their last three games. Which brings me to my first question for my buddy Matthew here. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I gotta ask. Are you concerned the way that we are losing the past three games against plus competition? Yes, I am. I am. Uh, honestly, yes, I am. Um, we can talk about waiting for uh, KD, but I think that's the last time I'm going to say it on this podcast. I just think right now what you're looking at is a team that has no bench. This is from these past three games. This is the way it is. Mm-hmm. They, things can change in the NBA, absolutely. Right now we don't have a bench. KD is injured. He got injured in practice in a pregame. Um, Book's the only one that can really do anything. Aiton is dumb. Um, you just said that, you know, and you got Jay Crowder over there looking at the like, what the fuck is I'm gonna going on over there in Phoenix? I'm going to snip that part with you saying it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should just be like, yeah, he's a, he's a DA hater. Um, yeah, I mean, there's those are big concerns, right? I think in the mm-hmm. third quarter they looked a little bit better, but those are things that are just happening throughout every game. And the past three games, it's it's impossible to escape right now. You only hope that Katie comes back and can help with a lot of this, but this team is a mess right now, man. It's just it's it's difficult to watch. You know, you you let go of Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson. I've said this before, and then you're left with Da, a guy where you've been trying to trade for the past three years, but you're stuck with him now. You know what I mean? Like he's had some good games and stuff, but mm-hmm. you know you traded the wrong guys. The guys that can actually get you victories, those guys are gone. So you're left with what I said, and you just have to sit here and watch and wait for Katie. Yeah, it's concerning to me the way that they're losing these games because despite the grit that they've shown to get back in these games, because every one of these games has been an opportunity to go out and get a victory, and and they fizzle away. And that's what's concerning to me is, is the killer instinct that has existed the prior two years. While it might be there mentally, it's not there physically. It's not getting done on the court. And when you play against the Sacramento Kings, when you play against the Golden State Warriors, and you play against the Milwaukee Bucks in three games, it's a good barometer test. And as Matthew said, like, yeah, we're not going to, you know, this is a barometer test without KD. Well, guess what? We're savagely failing a barometer test without KD. And that's what's scary. The scary thing is Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant's watching the game too. They finally showed him in like the third quarter. They're like, okay. Was he there the whole time? No, he I, heard he, huh? he, I heard he I heard, I heard he walked out at halftime. Yeah. But, okay. 
but at the, at the same time, he's sitting there watching. He's like, shit, man. Like, you got to realize since KD's been here, every time we've had a big matchup against a good team, we've lost. Like, yeah, KD's been here. We've beat the shit out of the Thunder twice. Like, ooh, we really fucked up Charlotte that one game. Woo! Oh, you know, all these teams tanking for Wemby. We're really taken care of. But these teams that are complete teams, the, the Phoenix Suns are showing and, and they're they're vindicating what a lot of the national pundits have said. And I fought back a little bit when I when the national pundits started to talk about the, the Suns and talk a little shit when they were saying that this team has no depth and they have no bench. I'm like, no, we got a lot of good players on this bench. And then as time progresses, you see it's like, yeah, these are okay players, but these aren't going to win you a championship players. They don't have the, the roles aren't defined and you can't define the roles until KD gets here. But even with him being here, the roles aren't necessarily defined. It's a lot of very one dimensional players and, and, and one dimensional in the fact that they have like one good aspect of their game versus multiple facets that they are good at. Again, you think about it, the way that James Jones had this team set up in the past and we've, we've talked about this on podcasts in previous seasons, is he likes to seek out players who are elite or very, very good at one specific skill. And you don't necessarily have that on this team. And if you do, it's somewhat duplicitous. Like you have Terrence Ross. The guy can shoot. He can't play a lick of fucking defense. Okay, you got uh, Torrey Craig. You know, he has physicality, quote, unquote, uh, and and maybe he has some three and D abilities, but none of it's it's all just good. It's it's average to good, right? Like none of it is very good. There's not one thing you can tell me that Torrey Craig does that is very good to near elite. Whereas in the past it was like Cam Johnson, near to or elite three point shooter, Mikhail Bridges, near to or elite uh, defender, Dario Sarge, near to or elite fall on the ground guy. But uh, yeah, ball sitter on her. Yes, yes, guy who yes. guy who can fall on the ball. And that's not <laughs> to say that this Suns team can't get it together, but it becomes that much more difficult because what we're talking about when we look at the bench is one word that you can't teach, and that's talent. You can have willpower. You can have uh, grit. You can have perseverance. You can have attitude and effort. And all those things might be fine. They might be fine. But unless you truly have talent, you're not going anywhere. And the Phoenix Suns, this is the opportunity for them to display that talent. And they're getting those reps in. But guess what? They've been getting those reps in all fucking season because, as we've stated before, this is a season of waiting in which we are just waiting for, waiting for Kevin Durant to be here. We're waiting to see where Jay Crowder is going to go. We're waiting to see if he's going to sign DeAndre Aiden. So as, we can, as we've been waiting, the roles have continually shifted, and no one's had the ability to truly – get defined in their role and you see that because it scatters this team throughout the game to where like Devin Booker has to expend all of his energy to get this team back into it talk a little shit and then he fizzles out in the in the later stages of the fourth because he's just dog tired yeah um the one thing I mean you you already said the the DA is dumb thing um I'm gonna well, go and say well, when I should we do the date and watch right now is that what oh no doing? I was gonna talk about okay, the bench okay, a little cool. bit perfect good um my thing on the bench I just thought this in the second quarter. I'm like, dude, this unit out there, I'm just gonna say it, they're kind of ugly. Like they're just they're just ugly dudes. And I like they're they're just what are ugly. they, what are they, they don't, spurs? They play, yeah, they're like spurs looking like players. Um there's big issues when you have Craig and you have TJ Warren out there. Um I'm not sorry, not Craig, Ross and TJ mm-hmm. Warren. They're just the same player. They both don't don't play defense. Um, they try to make things work, you know, on ISO, but when it's not going, it's not going. It looks really bad. Um, them two in the game looks bad. I think if you put Ish with one of them, it's fine. Put Ish at the power forward. Then you have TJ at the small. Or you can have Ross at the small. That works. I think that works really well. But then also you have Cameron Payne, who's the head case. Um, you don't know what you're going to get from him tonight. A great game because he made his mm-hmm. shots. He was working the two-man uh, two man game with Jock. That looked good. Yeah, that looked good. So in the second quarter, it looked really bad. It really did. Mm-hmm. To be honest, though, in he the started third, one of nine. Yeah, but in the third, their 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 bench came through a little bit more. Um, I just I don't know. I I think that when you're when you're gonna have to wait for KD, obviously, but I want to say that they're just ugly, and that's the reason. But that's not good enough. 
they lack confidence. I, due I to those th- fact that they're do ugly. they all need a Kogi's mask to put on just to gain that confidence? Maybe. Um, but no, <laughs> I'm kidding. I really do think though. Um, we obviously knew we didn't have that one guy off the bench and we don't. And I think when Katie plays That's with the second the unit, it looks really good, obviously. Because but of the gravity guys, that he pulls. Yeah, and they're just so they're so individualized out there right now, too. Um, I also thought too, like with Ish being like kind of like the big guy that can foul Giannis, you know, oh, that's a fuck you up foul. That's nice to have, but then it's just like he's just fouling dudes out there, so that kind of sucks too. But I'm gonna say, dude, I think the third they played a little bit better. There they was did. something there. There was something there. Hopefully they can carry that into the next game. They're gonna they're gonna have to. No, they they definitely did play better in that third quarter. And if you, if you look at the the box score in the third quarter for the Phoenix Suns, uh, the bench had a total of 11 of the 36 points. And that was five from Cameron Payne and six from Jock Landale. The rest of the scoring in that quarter was six from DA, two from Chris Paul, and 17 from Booker for 36 points to the, to the Bucks 28. Over the past three games, uh, the Phoenix Suns bench is shooting 43% from the field. They're 34% from beyond the arc. They're 13 of 38. They have had 20 assists to 12 turnovers. So that's a 1.6 turnover uh, assist to turnover ratio. Not good. And they're a negative 19. That's not what you need from this bench right now. You need them to play even. We've talked about it for for ever, since Devin Booker's been here. You need to have confidence in that second team unit so he can have fresh legs. So when he comes in, in that fourth quarter for the last six to seven minutes, he can do what he did the entire third quarter because he had to pull this team and put him on his back simply to, to get them to where they were, had a fighting chance and he ran out of gas and the rest of his team did. And then part of that is, you know, simply because the, there was foul trouble. There was things of that nature was going on, which, uh, which brings up, you know, our, our buddy, Deandre Ayton. Watch. Oh, how I feel about DA based on which eight and watch I drop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> starts now, with the stumble. You know, it's and then the other game, one. I guess <laughs> you know this is gonna be yeah. interesting. I want to hear your take on him because so, I didn't think ahead. he was too bad. Like everyone's giving him a lot of shit. Uh, I know he fucked up at the end there, but go mm-hmm. ahead. So I'll say this: you you look at his stat line across the board. He had 19 points on nine of 20 shooting. Eight rebounds, a uh, couple turnovers, and again, I've said it before: like twenty shots. I, with KD gone, that's what he should be doing. And I love the fact that he was left open for some mid-range shots, and he was taking them. And he missed a couple, and he continued to take them. And I really like that about DeAndre Ayton tonight. I was a huge fan of him just going. You know what? I'm just going to continue to shoot because he was their most valuable player in that first half. He really was. He was the one. Devin Booker, and we'll talk about him momentarily, but he was getting locked the fuck up all night long by Drew Holiday and in the first half especially. So DeAndre Ayton was the offense in the first half. Unfortunately, he got into foul trouble. Uh, He had a second foul with 7-18 in the first quarter, and Monty decided to roll with him, and I thought that was a good move because, again, like – DeAndre needs to learn to play with fouls. He's not somebody yes. who fouls a ton. Thank you. He really doesn't. But you have to, and, and I like that for Monty. Monty's like, you know what? Let's let him roll. And he was out there for quite some time until he got that third foul. It wasn't until midway through this, the second quarter when he got that third foul. And then he got, and, and the other side of that is they were ticky-tacky bullshit fouls too. They were Giannis creating contact, falling away fouls. It's not like he was out there earning the fouls, right? Like, yeah. So he wasn't out there hacking Giannis. I almost wish it's like every time DA gets a foul, I'm like, dude, you're so big, man. Like, make them feel that foul. Like, Amari Stoudemire used to do that. When Amari got fouls, like, you felt his fouls. And at least you felt like you are getting your money's worth, if you will. So first half, playing great. Uh, and then the, the two fouls rather quickly, or there, there was the foul in the fourth quarter, or the third quarter, and then the foul in the fourth quarter, the one that got his fifth foul was just dumb. And that's when I tweeted out, he has the IQ of Simple Jack. And it's one thing that I kind of realized, because when I go over the subreddit stakeout, I'll talk about that. That was a statement that somebody on in the opposing subreddit noted about Aiton was about his IQ in basketball. I go, that's what it is. It's the one thing I've never actually like stated. 
was good, bad, or indifferent, why he might have talent and he might have size. He has a low basketball IQ. And there's some guys like Chris Paul, elite basketball high IQ, always thinking the game. KD, Devin Booker, they know the angles. They know the shots. They know how to get their spots. DA's just floating, man. He's just out there. And you kind of saw that in the fourth quarter. Now, part of that and the major contributing factor to that was the fact that he was in foul trouble. He didn't get – it took him completely out of his rhythm, and I can understand that. But the frustrating thing that I have was the fact that when he came back in, the rhythm, he, it regressed to him being a fourth grader. And all of a sudden, he forget, like, again, like I stated at the front end of the podcast, he's rolling to the hoop. Devin Booker's getting hounded by Drew Holiday. This is in crucial minutes when the game is somewhat – when the, it, the game is not a 12-point loss, right? When we're still within five or six. And D-Book just throws him a simple pass in the lane. He's standing there all alone. All he's got to do is catch and go up, and he just misses the ball. And that's the thing that Suns fans consistently, consistently see and allow – and it's fuel to the fire on the DeAndre Ayton, you know, burn him to the ground. And again, he has the talent, but he doesn't have the basketball IQ. And I see what's, uh, who, who just said he was soft in here. Somebody did. Uh, code. code. He's like, I disagree. Yeah. He's actually smart. I just think he's soft, plain, and simple. And that's that's part of a low basketball IQ, though. Like, if you're smart, you know when and where to utilize that physicality that he has. So, yeah, he can be soft. And that's because of just a low basketball IQ. And I've said this earlier in the season, Matthew. Once we accept who DA is, we'll be a lot less frustrated. So I'm not overly frustrated with DA. Again, I thought it was a quality performance tonight based on the fact that they were giving him what he what they were giving him. But at the same time, like you're going against one of the the greatest players in the NBA, in my opinion. You got called on tic-tac fouls. That happens. Took him out of his rhythm. That happens. But just like you got to catch the ball sometimes, man. You got to catch mm -hmm. the ball sometimes. When, when you go for a rebound, you got to like grab it, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it was an important play. It wasn't um, too harsh. I, I was um, I was kind of different. I mean, I, I know we came out with Aiden this dumb thing, but I felt in a different way with Aiden this game. I just felt that it was an okay game for him. My favorite part, though, and the worst part of the game was the two fouls because I they were fouls just because it's Giannis. Yes. But the fact that he got fouled so early and he was so tired, I'm like, DA, don't do this where you're going to come out because you're tired and just want to get two fouls. That's what I was thinking. But he didn't. He continued to play. Um, I thought he was he was okay after that. I feel like he um, kept shooting, which was nice. He missed mm -hmm. his first three, then made his next three. Um, the IQ thing is the thing that I always had an issue with, and I think it's just it's one of those things where um, you know Chris Paul even said it before. I think it was on the JJ Reddick podcast where he has to accept the fact that he's going to play with guys that don't take the game as serious as him. Right? Aiden obviously doesn't. Right? I think we've all kind of just known that, and uh, it does take longer for big men to learn the game. But right now. This is where, you know, you have to step up and win a game. Um, there's a good question in there about when's the last time he dominated and won a game for us. Um, we'll talk about that when we bring it up. But I want to say right here. Well, Black Sunday, $10 in the super chat. Again, thank okay. you, Black Sunday. It says, since we're on eight and watch, uh, seriously asking, when's the last time you watched where you thought, wow, dominated uh, eight and dominated that team tonight just off the eye test? Answer that question, Matthew, by plugging my computer. So it's going to be Chicago Bulls. The game where him and Booker looked like looked like Shaq and DA. Or I'm sorry, Shaq and Kobe. That was the last game. Look at this full screen, man. Look at oh, uh, really quick. This is C. Um, it's um C Jimenez at Twitter.com. Um, that's or at C Jimenez. Sorry, I said that wrong. That's his photo behind me. Just that's a quick that, shot of that's that. A killer, killer background. Did you see? Yeah, the Bulls so that's game? his new painting. That he put out there. Um, yeah, I said the Bulls game. The Bulls yep. game where he Agreed. dominated. There's a few games in there where he looked really good. But a lot of that, too, was really bad defense. But he read it perfectly. The way he was running the role with Devin Booker, he was. it has to be perfect. It's the last pod. The way to get in the ball has to be perfect. And what he is and what I want him to be, of course, is the fourth or fifth option. As soon as that comes, we'll be, we'll be okay with this because you don't have to rely on him. We talked about a few times ago or a few pods or like – well, we want him to have some good games. I think he can have some good games. That's mm -hmm. fine, but it's not like if you're going to force him the ball to win a game, that's not going to work. Nope. He has to be just involved in the offense. When he's open, put, he's put open. Backs. Put backs. Put backs. Do all that stuff, all the fun stuff, and we'll be okay. That's fine. That's just who he is right now. He has a lot to work on, and his moves and stuff will come next year. Mm -hmm. But like in these big games, he has to force the issue. He has to be you know, the guy that can guard Giannis, be smart with the fouls. That's where the IQ comes in. Because yes. we're going to need him to play big against all these centers, man. 
I mean, you got Jokic. If you're going to go to the finals, you might have Embiid there. Mm-hmm. He's going to play a big part on this team. That's why I get frustrated during the season when people say, oh, these games don't matter. He'll pick it up because he needs to prepare for this. Games this is where like you're picking this. it up. Yeah. It's, through the season. But it's too late, though, to pick it up now. Yeah. To start 100%. to play in a certain way. But he, he was okay tonight for what I expect mm-hmm. him to be now. So I think that's why I'm okay with him. Me too. The way he is, he's going to make mistakes and stuff towards the end of the game because he's not going to win us a game. He's not going to be that guy to go out there and make the big play. He did make the value, of course. I'm not going to take that away from him. He's made some big plays down the line, but if you're going to say, all right, Aiden, go give us a shot, it's not going to work that way. you got to work him into the offense some other way. And I'll say this, that multiple other players make mistakes in the last five minutes. It's just not him who's making mistakes. Obviously we talk about him cause he's our max center, but here's the other side of that. And I was thinking about this the other day in like two years, he's not even a max center anymore. Like he's on a value deal because the entire NBA salary cap is going to go up in two seasons. And all of a sudden yeah. he's a, he's a mid-level center. So it's just like, we were just getting ahead of the game or something. It'll be a good trade chip then. Big Dick Booker. It was 30 points again for Devin Booker tonight. But it wasn't efficient, Devin Booker. It was 13 of 27. Took him 27 shots to get 30. He had three assists. He had four rebounds. He had two steals. He had five turnovers, Matthew. Drew Holiday owns his ass, doesn't he? He does, yeah. In the first half, that was rough to watch. I think Booker, um, it looked like he had some other stuff on his mind, though. And I think maybe it was just because, like, fuck, dude. Drew Holiday does own me, and this is tough to get over. I had to prove myself, and there were time and time again in the first half where – he just couldn't do anything. He was absolutely nothing in the first half. Till the third quarter, I think he was 7 for 10 in the third. Um, but mm-hmm. he he has those guys, and I think maybe not even guys. Maybe it is just Drew Holiday who can really stuff Book because he just can be absent. I've never seen Book this absent in a game in a long time. Um, mentally, we always talk about, you know what, these hurdles, they got to get over. And I mean, the finals, whatever happened, you know, on that play where he just turned the ball over, that was a series. Mm. That's hard to get over, I think, for Book. But it's something that he has to. And I think he has to just, you know, face up and just be like, um, I'm better than this. But he proved that in the third he was. I think he has age over over Drew Holiday. I think his offense can out it can outmatch Drew in the long run, especially on a back to back when all these guys are tired. Book kind of saved that energy, it seemed like for the third, and then he kind of just went after that defense. There was nothing they could do. Um, so we were kind of worried there in the beginning with Booker in this game, but he did hold it together. But just like last game, it's like, who else is going to help out? You know, Book's doing all he is, all he can, like every night. And it might not be as consistent as we want throughout the whole game, but he put up 17 in the fucking third. Mm-hmm. Like, we need those other guys to step up. Cameron Payne did his part, but it's just like, we need the extra ounce. Just that ex- extra ounce of, like, ish or someone else to come out and hit some big threes. Craig, who's hurt, who knows, like, what's going on with his ankle. But he or, can't get anything space. going. Yeah. So, and then Chris Paul, you can't rely on him. He had his one good game with the 16 and 16, looked phenomenal in that game. Now it's just like three or four games. He's just not going to be there for us. And that yep. is the worst thing. As someone put in the comments, I'm, I can't even go back up to find it, but he said, you can't defend DA because this, this, this team will go back to the Stonehenge. It's the same thing. It's like you can't defend DA, but we do. And he's our center. But also, it's like you can't really defend CP3 either because he does cost us games like this where you're just looking for the extra guy. But he's like, oh, no, just pass it off. You guys take care of it. I'll get my shots in there, but I can't keep doing it. They they might be there, but I can't keep going back to it because I'm just I just can't do it. And then Book's just left by himself and, you know, no one else is there to help him. Yeah, he's all and we've we've talked about it recently, and that's why the the need for a Kevin Durant or somebody to take that pressure off Booker is so needed because Chris Paul just can't do it anymore. It's funny. So obviously last night there was the comment made by Steph Curry to Chris Paul about this ain't 2014, right? And somebody posted what happened in 2014 and they showed clips of the Clippers against the Warriors in the 2014 playoffs. And you saw Chris Paul just cooking Steph Curry. You're like, fuck man. He used to be so, so uh, yeah. athletic and, and like sur- surgical and like he just he just physically doesn't have it anymore so i don't know how devin booker ended up to cp3 but we'll, we'll i'll bring it back to devin booker uh drew holiday is a challenge for that guy and booker for whatever reason you know somebody said that he doesn't like physicality in the comments 
And I think Booker likes physicality. He likes the the play, but the issue is, and, and Eddie said it on the podcast, generally when Devin Booker puts his his shoulder down into a guy, they'll move. Drew Holiday doesn't move. And Drew Holiday gets a li- away with a lot as well from an officiating standpoint. Like he's allowed to play really aggressive and is bodying and is hand checking and they're not calling it a lot on Devin Booker and that frust- that's part of the frustration. And because of that, he's allowed to play as close to him as he can and, and Devin Booker has a hard time creating separation. So he's just one of those guys who we saw in the finals and it's something that every time we play against the Milwaukee Bucks or Drew Holiday moving forward in his career that we'll be reminded of is this guy's he, – he's one of the few who can truly guard Booker. Now, that being said, Booker still dropped 30 tonight. Booker still scored 17 in the third quarter, and Drew Holiday played 10 minutes of that quarter. So uh, minus the the last basket, which was all over Jay Crowder, which was easily the highlight of the game for Phoenix Suns fans when he took Jay Crowder down and hit the buzzer beater. But that being said – yeah, Devin Booker just—he's gonna need help, and we have what 15 games left. We have 15 games for him to try to get some help, or he's gonna have to try to carry this team to the playoffs and could get injured in the process of doing so. Mm-hmm. A big mistakes by him in the first half too. A lot of crucial like turnovers, and then also he had like a few plays where he would drive into the lane, get blocked a couple times, mm-hmm. but there was like a wide open guy over there in the corner or else, you know, for three. Or like, DA, DA was open a couple times. Yeah, like those are the plays that it's like, dude, like you got to start these games out better. You're missing KD. You got to come out hotter. You got to be first quarter book because you don't have the help. Figure out a different way, man, because you got to get this team going in the beginning. That's what we lack. It's just, it's kind of like uh, when things get out of hand and like we basically fall behind by like the six or seven points in crunch time. Mm-hmm. You just can't, you're only relying on book. It's like, you just know you're going to lose because it's like book can't lead in that way where he can go and just get you that victory right now. He's been that way for the past few games. Um, so, I mean, I, we'll be okay, but I'm just saying, I'm just, I just noticed that it's pretty hard to watch. Yeah. It's, it's tough at the the beginning of the game, especially because again, you're digging into the hole and it reminds me of right before he got injured, back in December where it was the same thing with the Suns. They kept getting into these holes that Devin Booker was trying to, to get them out of. And ultimately that's what cost him some time on, on being injured was simply because mm-hmm. he had to spend that much extra effort because the rest of the team couldn't provide any semblance of offense. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about DraftKings. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook. The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back up to $10. I got Houston winning it all. I know. I'm dumb. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I want to give a shout out to some of our loyal Jamsters who are watching along live. Again, we appreciate it. We appreciate the chatter in the comments. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button while you're here. Uh, some of our super chats in this one from L Colonel 499 says, nice to see the Suns hang with the best team in the NBA. Bench needs to step it up and hit the open shots. Uh, that is true. You know, we did hang around for quite some time. I just think that we're missing the challenge that I've had over these last three games is if you want to be a championship level team, you know how to win these type of games. And Phoenix just hasn't done it. Two of them being at home. Yeah, dude, and that's what the second quarter was. We just couldn't hit the open shots. They were all there, mm-hmm. and like, uh, luckily it wasn't bench. the Warriors again where they just blew us out. But um, I honestly think that we're just talking about this game the way we are because we just didn't hit those open shots. It was getting nasty. Like even mm. there were points where Da dude, was missing he, little bunnies. Tj Warren was missing everything. CP three hit a f- missed a few. Like it was like it was in and out almost the whole second quarter, whole first half. So that's basically where we were, and that's where we are now. So I. I I don't know. It's weird. We could have won this game. Black Sunday, $10 in the Super Chat. He goes, how about that? Another game Monty lost. Payne and Jock were playing with energy, and we even took the lead. But Monty wants to stick to his guns and sum them out for DA and CP, and we fall behind by nine. Uh, this is what I'll say about this, this comment. 
Um, Black Sunday, I feel you. And I think that at the back end of this game, it might have been a good idea for Monty to perhaps bring them back in. Because once that once that lead started to balloon a little bit, when it got to like a six point lead and DA like missed the ball, I would have instantly go, hey, we're going to go back to with what's working because that would have given these guys a, a little bit of rest because you can't pay play pain and jock for the entire fourth quarter. They just they're not conditioned to do so. And you want to talk about fumbling and bumbling. They probably definitely would have done it. But we've seen Monty do that in the past where. There's been games where when Josh Okoge wasn't a member of the starting five, he'd be hot and and Monty would just leave him out there. And the reason that I think it's okay that he pulls Payne and Jock and doesn't bring them back in is you have to find who your identity is with those guys out there, with the guys you're paying to be out there to do that, right? Yeah. What I really do wish, though, is Payne can just play those minutes. (laughs) <laughs> and kind of let's just see what it looks like i mean we give pain a lot of shit last game i was like he should probably not be playing anymore you know what i mean i got to that point where i'm like he just looks like he's he can't finish a game um but tonight it's like a game where i wish you can just ride him out i know it's a lot of minutes it is mm-hmm. but when you put in chris paul it just slows everything down man chris paul is just just this entity that comes in just rips out your soul kind of whenever you're on a run it just seems that way you know the eight second violation was almost there again in the fourth yeah it just it gets tiresome man it gets it i I love the dude to death i do but i just i want to see something different towards the end of these games where you can maybe play playing you couldn't you couldn't trust him before but in this kind of game i was like maybe you can go with him in this the last few minutes but they didn't i don't blame monty at all um i think the suns had a chance to win this game with the rotations he was throwing in there even with Bismack trying to play some defense, and then he put Jock in there in certain times where he was hitting that pick and roll mm-hmm. purdy, looking really good there with Cameron Payne. So, you know, Monty was okay tonight, I think. Wait! Here comes the pain! This was the best Cameron Payne performance that we've had in quite some time. He yes. had... A total of 17 minutes played. He was four of nine from the field, three of five from beyond the arc, 13 points. Those two assists, as you mentioned, were to Jock Landell. And this is, you hope that this is a building block because everything that's happened since he's returned says it isn't. But perhaps confidence will be gained with this. Your next two games are against Orlando and the Thunder, so you can build upon this. Maybe try to get him out there for 24 minutes. That's what I really like to see from Cameron Payne. It's about you know 22 to 25 minutes from Cameron Payne and have him build upon this because what he was doing in this game, the first shot he took was ridiculous. He took just one of those really silly Leandro Barbosa-esque, like these things don't go in shots. I was like, oh, shit, here we go again. But then what he started to do is he started to pass the balls to his teammate. One thing that Monty did well was he said, hey, you know what? For a few possessions, Josh Okogie is going to bring the ball up, and then Cameron Payne's going to play off of him. And when Cameron Payne played off of him, he was playing a lot better. And that, that that's a little adjustment that a lot of people might not necessarily give Monty Williams, but I noticed it because it's one thing that I've said. If When he initiates the ball, he goes into this black hole of like Kelly Oubre-ness where he's like, I have to do everything. And when you start to have him play off the ball and he's running around, utilizing his speed and quickness to run around screens and get open, and then from there, he analyzes the defense. I mean, that's how the pick and roll start. Bam, all of a sudden, he's going to the baseline and hitting Jock Landell for a wide-open dunk. Yeah, I dude, there's just times where it's like he's still doing the same shit. EJ said in the first quarter, he's like, hey, don't smile if you miss that. Like, basically, like, just forget about it, right? He so his first shot he missed. He's like already kind of upset. It's like, dude, if you're this way, you're unplayable. But he was hitting his shots. But that's just all it is. Mm-hmm. It's like Cameron Payne. His long distance threes were going in. That's all we needed. And like we were talked about before with KD in the game with him, it was a lot easier for him. That's all we can rely on. I know I said to finish out the game and see what he can do with this team. I just thought because it's just a better pace kind of with him in there and just see how it ends. And if he can win us the game or help us win the game, that'd be good for his psyche going into the next few games. Cause he needs to step up. He needs to be that guy that isn't in his own head. Cause that just looks embarrassing when you're out there, you're trying to win these games against the bucks and you have guys that are just contemplating with themselves that they should even be playing in the game. Like that's how, what he looks like. He's just like, should I even be out here? I don't know. Should I be out here? But then it's a few threes. He gets into the crowd or the crowd gets going. Cause they know he needs it big time. Extra loud in there when he's hitting those shots. 
Um, but I, I think that he needs to just remove that just from his mind and just know, like, I need to play off ball, like he said, but also just don't be dumb. You know, don't be eight and dumb and don't make mistakes where you're still going to the rim and you're throwing these crazy, like, left-handed freaking layups underneath Giannis that are not going to go in. I know the, I know the shot, shot clock's going off, but, like, come on, you didn't even hit the rim on that one. So there's a lot he needs to work on going into the next few games into the playoffs. But he, if he can't get it together, I'm telling you, man, this is going to be a hard watch in the playoffs. He, he's not a guy that can go into the playoffs and just turn it on. He needs to get it going before then. Mm-hmm. He's and not a Cameron Johnson. And hopefully all of this is leading to him peaking at, the right, <laughs> is peaking at the right time. And yeah. so, again, uh, a building block is what I'm hoping that we saw from Cameron Payne tonight. What's up? Poor Juice tonight, man. The Juice got mm. knocked around again. He got his ass yeah. abused again. There was the Giannis barreling through him like Adrian Peterson running to the basket that somehow was a foul on uh, – on Tory Craig, and then he loses a tooth. Dude lost a yeah. tooth tonight, man. No foul on either play. Don't you wish he had a Jaws grill in there? It would have probably helped, right? How much was yeah. that thing? Like fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars? All the crazy? diamonds he had in there. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. He should have had the that shit in. out of Giannis's arm. You know what? Then it would have been a foul on him. It would have been a foul. It would have <laughs> got stuck to his elbow. Like, <laughs> you know, he had a couple threes. He had six points in this game. Two assists. Three rebounds one block, but I, you know, I'll continue to say it. I just, I truly feel like Torrey Craig is just dog tired and there's no person who'll be happier for Kevin Durant to return than Torrey Craig. I honestly believe that because he's out there yeah, getting his ass abused night in and night out, man. Just night Hell in of a block out. on Giannis though, man. Took him out. That was a yeah. thick block. And I'm glad they didn't call that one. It's like, yeah, I know on, it man. was a clean block. Looked good. And like that gave us a lot of momentum, man. So, oh, we need him Spe- back. We need Craig back. We need some more juice, man. Speaking of Giannis. I felt like Josh Akogi and Ish Wainwright combined did the best job you could on Giannis one-on-one. You know, Giannis, when he gets it in his head that he's going to the rim, he's going to go to the rim. But both Josh Akogi who's smaller and Ish Wainwright, who's bigger and more physical, did a good job of just kind of staying in front of him and annoying him. We saw some great defense from Akogi again tonight. And unfortunately on offense, you know, he wasn't great. He was one of five from the field, right? He was six of eight from the free throw line. Cause he gets to the free throw line, but he had eight points. He had seven rebounds. He had four assists and a couple steals, one on drew holiday. But I really think that his defense, you know, that's one of those little saving grace things. In these shitty losses that we've had, three consecutive losses, he's been the best defender that this team has. And that's the one thing I was thinking as I was watching this game. I go, fuck, man. Remember, like, last season, we could shut teams down defensively. And we can't do it anymore. We got him. We got we had Josh Akogi. That's, like, it. Yeah, when Kitty's back there, it'll all fall in place. I think Aiden plays such a big part on defense. When he's gone, you just notice. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, true, but, very true. Dude, Okogi and Ish, they played really good on him. Uh, I thought Payne did a pretty decent job on Giannis a few times. But the best part about Okogi and Ish is like when they get beat, they're just going to foul the shit out of them. Yes. Just like go for yes. the ball, but just take them out, take them to the ground. I'm sick of your shit. If you're going to run us over and you're going to start knocking dudes out all the time, we're going to knock you out. Oh, I don't care. I love that. And this has been doing that the past few games where he's just that bruiser. You know, he's hitting big shots sometimes, but I, we need that guy that's, he's not even like, he doesn't look like a power forward. I don't know what he looks like out there. He, he looks like, uh, I don't know, a football player. Huh? A football player who went to Baylor. <laughs> he looks like right a football here. player. Rumor, rumor has yeah. that he went to Baylor. <laughs> but he, he could come in and knock these guys out. And I like that. That's a toughness that we need. We you miss need it from that. Jay Crowder. We missed it from Jay. And we got to have it. We hey, got to have it. You gonna say anything else? You gonna copy me? You gonna copy me? <laughs> Five. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Not gonna make it in time. That's difficult. Shut up. It is. I didn't Can't even get my witch costume on, dude. I panic and I waste five seconds every time. And then I just, <laughs> and then I'm sitting there with just like my glasses on. That's it. Ooh, all right. There we go. So I was hanging out on the Milwaukee Bucks subreddit. And I'll tell you this. There's one thing I, I was thinking about. 
So I was hanging out <laughs> with all them Milwaukee Bucks motherfuckers. People who are Bucks fans are also Packers fans. Go Pack Go. I hate Packers fans. Oh, Packers fans r- remind me of like Michigan fans. Like they're just kind of douchey. Michigan. So who? Michigan Wolverines. Oh, okay. I've never met a more whiny fan fan base in my life. Just period. So here's what they were saying on the Bucks subreddit tonight. Itch Wainwright looks like a created player. He does. He does. Uh, this court uni color combo looks like my nephew designs a franchise in 2K. It does. It does. <laughs> God, why is Devin Booker's head so annoying to look at? It is. <laughs> Seeing that Phoenix Suns ring of honor in the background is making me think about how many actual rings the Suns have. They don't. Devin Booker looks like a lesbian. He does. Him and I both look like lesbians. Love it. (laughs) Thank the Lord. Aiton's soft as fuck. He is. Aiton has a negative basketball IQ. I don't think so. That's where I got that comment earlier. I was like, you know, not negative. um, It's a lower one, though. Yeah, don't don't block me on Twitter. Uh, It's funny to. Oh, so this is this is interesting. It's funny to think back on the finals series. We were pretty scared of Aiden. When he got in foul trouble in game three, that was a big turning point. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy still plays in the NBA. Then somebody said, it takes us two games to figure out that he was scared of the rim slash dunking. And somebody said, he's honestly very good when he's engaged, but he's only engaged one in every three or four games. That's coming from the opposition, folks. That's rough. That's coming from the opposition. That's no skin in the game. Uh, the sun's depth is straight dookie water. Um, no point in picking up those teeth. They done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, campaign looks like such an alien. He should campaign for a new face. Jeez, man. Well, I did say they were ugly. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, Not my fault. And then when Devin Booker hit that shot over Jay Crowder, somebody wrote in all caps, Big Dick Booker. So whoever that was, whatever Suns fan, and according to Reddit, it's professional pin 5399. I'll tell you this, you the real MVP. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Uh, our our jamsters are going into the subreddits and talking shit. <laughs> it's the way it should, it's part of the reason why I do this. I want us to just go. I downvote so much shit. I don't know about you. You don't downvote, do you? I don't know. I just read them off. I downvote anything that's negative. Suns. I'm just like downvote. Like Devin Booker's a lesbian. I'm like downvote. And then <laughs> you do it. And then some every now and then somebody yeah. like who is in here just downvoting everything everybody says? Is and he I'm, going out with that girl that plays Wednesday on that one? No, that Wednesday? was Photoshop. That was Photoshop. okay. That was, but like, come on, dude. That girl looks like she's freaking ten years old. Yeah, that's she so looks like, weird. She looks like I Wednesday. hope he doesn't. Yeah, I know, but she's like what twenty five or something. But yeah, she looks but she a looks little. Like a, she looks like a child. Uh, what else did you have in your notes on this one? Um, let me see, really quick. I did put that the defense did look pretty good in the first half. Uh, I mean, the first quarter, shots wouldn't fall. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, fuck them refs, right? Yeah, fuck them refs, so dude, that technical so sh- on Booker, man. Yeah, so shout out to Black Sunday, two dollars in the super chat. Yes. Says Monty just called out the officials in his presser. So yeah, that that technical, I did have that in my Booker notes. That was actually a momentum changer, and it really game. was. You know, same thing that um, and was it Fred justified? Was talking about was it justified? No, no, he, raised, he he was getting back on defense. He rose his hands and he said something to the rest and they called a technical. And it he was, was a out foul. on that play. Like it if was you're calling foul. Giannis on one side for knocking people, you're not calling people's teeth being knocked out. But anytime you look cross out at Giannis and then he's going to it, Bobby Portis comes across and slaps at him, hits him. He, he powers through it, hits the layup. And then, yeah, he just puts his hands up. He's like, are you kidding me? I can't believe it was a technical. I couldn't believe it was a technical. That was insane. And that was a momentum thing. And the same thing happened to FEV 
uh, Fred Van Vliet, whatever you spell your name. Yes. That one game where he said there was a technical and it was a momentum swinger. And this is exactly what, I mean, the Suns got back into it still after that, but still mm-hmm. they were down by seven and like they were getting right back into it. And fuck it, man. The rest just, just take the games in their hand. Yeah. It's they're, they're too fragile. When anybody try, imagine if that's what happened every time, like you were at work and somebody tries to hold you accountable, right? Like you're late for work. And your boss like, hey man, why you wait? Why are you late? And you're like, technical foul. <laughs> technical <laughs> yeah. on you for technical calling me foul, out. For right? Job, right? I'm just gonna go home now. I'm gonna yeah. go home. I'm not even gonna take a lunch. I'm going home. So, <laughs> I got a I got a question for you here. Let's see. Where's the drop? I did it alphabetical. I still fuck it up. Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. Monty, Monty Williams. Coach of the Phoenix Sun. So I put a note in my notes while I was watching this game. A thought that came to my mind, and I thought I'd ask you, and I thought I'd ask the Jamsters who are hanging out here. You can give us a yes or a no answer to this one uh, in the chat, and Matthew, you can extrapolate. Katie comes back. Sun's losing the playoffs. Is Monty here next year? Yes. Monty's here for forever, unless he wants to retire. I know a lot of people do say that they compare it to, you know, Mark Jackson with the Warriors. That's bullshit, dude. We went to the finals with Monty. He's a great coach. He can't help that the front office got KD in here and just threw this team, you know, just pulled them apart when they were winning. They had like the best winning percentage heading into like the last three games in like the previous 20 games combined. Like they were, they had the best record, second best record. So Bucks, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. And I was going to say like, dude, Monty's done such a great job holding this together. There's going to be some ugly games trying to figure this out. And these are some ugly games trying to figure it out. And you still don't have your main piece in there. So I love Monty, man. I love James Jones. I love all of them. Last game was the only one I gave Monty shit for mm-hmm. tonight. I was like, yeah, it's all right. He did a good job because I don't know his job. I don't know anything he even says on the sidelines. So I can't say I love the guy though. So this is where I'm going to, agree with you matthew oh. the, reason, the reason that i i brought this question and the, the, there this question popped into my little brain is <laughs> i was on the twitter and people again are and we've seen it in the chat here everyone's you know up oh, another monty lost you know, we lost this game because yeah. of monty this that and the other it's like whenever this starts to happen i center myself i do a little tai chi and then i go you know what monty williams is a damn good coach and, he, and he's a culture setter. And he's the kind of guy that Phoenix, people will come to Phoenix to play for. We haven't had that in a long, long time. Right? And to your point, yeah, he is throwing shit against the wall right now and trying to figure out what sticks. Because he's had to navigate, again, two years ago, NBA Finals. Last year, best record ever in the history of the franchise. And this year, an unbelievably injured-riddled season Followed by once everybody was back, for the most part, Cameron Payne wasn't back, Landry Hammett wasn't back, but once everyone was back, we traded like four players away. Okay. And I think four, maybe five. Three and a half. Yeah. Three, three and a half. Okay. Three and a half. Yeah. Dario Saric, the Twins, Jay Crowder. And then KD gets it. So it's just like anytime he starts to get a little momentum with this team, He's trying to reinvent the wheel and trying to piece together things that work. So am, am I worried about the Phoenix Suns based on the last three games? A question I asked way early in the podcast. I am because this team doesn't have an identity right now. And it's hard to get an identity. And scary knowing that there's 15 games left in the season, right? You have 15 games to figure out who you are, knowing that you're still not going to have Kevin Durant. But 15 games is still 18% of the season. It's almost a fifth of the season. So there is some time. And that's why in these games against good competition he's he is experimenting so i'm not overly worried i'm 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 frustrated that there's no identity but i'm not overly worried especially when it comes to is money a good coach and should he be here next year the answer is yes and yes and anyone else who thinks he's not man just go back hop in that little time machine in your closet open up your closet pop in that little cardboard box have somebody feed in doritos or whatever and go back to like 2018 2017 2016 2015 you know, go to the back to the Lindsey Hunter days and, you know, Earl Watermelonhead Watson and, you know, everybody that tried to lead this team before that had no semblance of culture. 
because that's unbelievably important. We have to remember and recognize that this team will struggle and there's going to be decisions that he doesn't make that are correct. Like last night against the Warriors, we talked about that in that third quarter, just thought he made the wrong decision, but I'll tell you, Michael Cobb, 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 whatever. Wait, John, nobody's coming here to play. Kevin Durant wanted to fucking come here. Like, what? No one wants to come to Phoenix, yet one of the greatest players of all time forced his way out after just signing a new extension with his team to come play here, but no one wants to come here. Sometimes you guys you drive me crazy. You drive me crazy. Uh, Matt Maranovich, Monty's experimenting. It's the regular season. Yeah, exactly, guys. So, again, there's frustrations that go on during these games. And there's people who, who you can blame, quote, unquote. Um, it's a it's a team thing completely. It's a team thing completely, man. It's a team thing yeah. completely. No, it absolutely is. And I'm I'm more for the players carry you on the court. You yeah. Make the adjustments up to the players to win the fucking game, dude. It's not Monty's fault that Aiden did drop the ball. It's not his fault that we couldn't. I mean, they're like five feet away from the rim, missing everything that's there tonight, missing wide open threes, wide open jump shots. It's not his fault. He's putting them in good position. It's not his fault that TJ Warren looks a little bit scared out there. Like he's not himself at all. And it's just, it's, it's one of those learning processes. It is towards the end of the season. Um, But you know what, dude, I think there is enough time, obviously for when Katie comes back. Cause Chris Paul already answered us. I already answered the question right when right when Dan Turan went out that game after. They're like, this, are you worried about them? And are you worried about your actual experience together and all that heading into the mm-hmm. playoffs? Nope. Nope. Yep. That's it. That's nope. it. Just like we should listen to James Jones three years ago. Yep. He is who he is, right? Yep. Listen to these guys. They just, know. Just, just accept it. And again, like Terrence Ross literally chose to come here over Dallas because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are here. He literally said that. Uh, shout out to Paul Void. My little brother's hanging out in the chat. Hey, that, what's look up? That, look at that spiffy little picture he's got there. He's like, that was a reference to the Doritos SB commercial. That's correct, Paul. I was referencing the uh, RIP Ryan Anderson. I don't know who Ryan Anderson I is, know. but I think I think that was a local guy who made that uh, uh, that commercial. So, anyways, we'll hand out some hardware. <laughs> Jam star of the game. Jam a reminder, if you want to join our bracket thingy, NCAA thing, which we have no idea because we watch Suns basketball, follow the description in the chat below, and it's on ESPN, and join us. Maybe you can beat Matthew at a bracket. Wouldn't it be that hard? Matthew doesn't know anything that's going on. It's going to be really I do not. Oh, shit. I'm picking picking based on the colors of the team. Ooh, I like blue. Uh, But let's in the chat who your jam star of the game is matthew are you giving it to devin booker in this one yeah i think so i might give it to like um jock or cameron Payne though just you know a little side note like hey they're back in it that two-man game is gonna be big if they can figure that out going into the playoffs that's huge if they i know katie will be playing with them but those two need to work on shit and they they figured it out and then monte dick pull them a little early maybe who knows i like when keen said uh uh, and just said, Tory Craig lost a tooth for this one. Pick that guy. I <laughs> <laughs> gave up a goddamn True. tooth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm giving it to Devin Booker. I mean, he's he did everything he could to try to carry this team, and just the rest of the team just couldn't kind of step up and hit those yeah. shots in the fourth quarter that could help this team ultimately come out and and beat the Bucks. I mean, again, just just looking at the fourth quarter alone, the Phoenix Suns were outscored 31 to 20. Devin Booker had three in the Three points in the quarter. The team shot thirty-five percent of the from the field in the fourth. Just ran out of gas, man. Just ran out of gas. Next game for the Phoenix Suns is going to be on Thursday against the Orlando Magic. Uh, that'll be a fun one because uh, we should finally win one, and it, it'll be nice to come on after three consecutive losses. It'd be nice to come on here and and, and talk about a victory again. Please, sons, don't disappoint. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a good weekend. I think we get the victory, and then we hear, like, oh, KD might be back in a week. You know, he might be back in a week. Who knows? We might hear something good this weekend. We might get that victory. Is this on uh, It's on TNT, right? This is no way this is a TNT <laughs> game, right? It's 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 the magic. There's no way they're putting yeah, this on TNT. I don't know, but Suns Paulo get the Are we going to see him this time? He didn't Freaking play last Dennis time. next day? Oh, I don't Freaking know. Freaking that night. I'm off Friday. That dude. night. PTO I that am day. too, but I'm going to the water park the next day. So What? Yeah, somebody's taking the kids. I'm going to go up there. Took the day off. The water park in March? Yeah, it's inside. 
okay, well, that's allowed then. I'm like, dude, you can't go to an outdoor water park. <laughs> well, I'm going to be watching college basketball all day on Friday, so I'm going to really look forward to that. Cool, man. Really, really, really look forward to that. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, Matthew? Oh. No? JJ Reddick liked one of our tweets today. That was pretty cool, huh? He did. He said, go home with your family. I love that. Um, did you actually watch it? I watched the entire thing. Yeah. The interview he had with Damian Lillard. Yeah. Lillard's basically like, I just go home and I love my family. That's what he said. He doesn't listen to all this nonsense, all this bullshit that's out there. Hey, we're part of that bullshit. Thanks we for are. listening, Damian. Pointless. Thank you for liking the tweet, JJ. That was really cool. So on that note, Matthew, just tell everyone what they need to do. Go home and love your family. <laughs>